Welcome back to Unless You Ask with me, Kevin Chung. With me today is video game enthusiast, cosplayer, and the most likely person to show up to your function two hours late and bring his own dinner, Austin Kruckmeyer. Austin, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, Austin. Um, For the listeners at home, how uh, do you and I know each other? So uh, Kevin and I went to the same high school. Go Monarchs. (laughs) Yeah, we're uh, we're classmates. Uh, I think we were classmates in um, was it a social studies class? Was that our first class together? But we probably knew each other before then too. Yeah, I feel like I mostly knew you outside of class, but uh, but yeah, we we yeah. went to high school and, together. Uh, I guess our biggest bond, like if you guys remember from the Rick show, <laughs> how many weeks ago? <laughs> uh, yeah, we we were all a part of the MIDI Smash League. Not officially sanctioned by MIDI or anything like that. Yep. But uh, we played Smash Brothers a lot. Absolutely. Yes. That was a good callback. That's going to help re-engage my audience and go back and listen to the first episode. Yeah. So thank you. You're thinking 10 steps ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, Excited to awesome. talk about today's subject. <laughs> yes. So, um, yes. Unless you ask, the premise is that I'm having friends on and guests to talk about some topic that they are interested in um austin proposed uh, a topic pretty immediately no hesitation so (laughs) what have you come today to talk to us about i'm here to talk about gimmicks so um just to be aware like video game enthusiast does not like properly cover my enthusiasm for video games (laughs) uh agreed <laughs> yeah i um i my current career is in game design game development so i think about this stuff a lot so a lot of uh, just to be uh just to warn you all that a lot of my uh gimmick analogies are going to be from video games so That's, uh, yeah. if you come here and you don't know anything about that um you shouldn't click on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> dang a strong disclaimer yeah. please listen through to the end uh we we have lots to offer even if you are not interested in video games and gimmicks um but anyway yes this is probably one of the broadest and most high level conceptual topics that anyone has come with so uh excited to try to make it specific in some way and talk about specific (laughs) examples so thank you for starting with a uh a more grounding uh area of gimmicks but yes we're here to talk about gimmicks so why uh are you interested in this topic well um I think about um, what people like and dislike a lot in video games specifically, and um, like just general um, online discourse and online praise and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, this generally started from my love of motion controls and video games, which, um, if you're unaware, like from the Wii era, was like it was a huge hit back in like 2006 and then as gaming grew out of it more and more mm-hmm. it started to take on this approach as a gimmick Got and it. from there i think about more and more things that are gimmicks and like how people are resistant to change and how some people will um like and dislike certain things just based on like uh the premise of this thing being added got it um Yes, interesting. So, so uh, motion controls, like for the people who are less familiar, 
it with the Wii and that kind of thing or just you basically instead of using like a joystick and buttons to control what's going on you're like waving an actual physical object around in in person is that yeah. sum it up roughly yeah um that's that was the um, initial premise i would say back in the wii era and now it became a lot more nuanced and um i feel like it has a home now and um well in a lot of ways you can still call it a gimmick but um mm-hmm. and that's where i want to talk more about just like what we consider gimmicks and not and, yeah um, if it's even if a thing is bad because it's a gimmick in the first place interesting yes so yeah what what in your mind i guess more broadly what what in your mind separates a gimmick from just a regular like feature of something so um i thought about this a lot and um so i thought i think about one of my idols Mm -hmm. in um again it's another video game idol it's um his name was satori iwata he was the CEO of Nintendo uh, and unfortunately passed away in 2015. It was like all very sudden and tragic, but um, he's responsible for a lot of like the direction Nintendo goes and um, he adheres to the blue ocean strategy. So um, what that is, is like targeting a area, targeting a market that nobody is competing in and uh while nobody asks for it people want it in the first um in the first place like it's it's something that people will desire once the market is available so it's like uh you're going to a place without really any competition and then uh yeah that's that's so interesting and it explains a lot of the differences between consoles that Nintendo releases versus Sony or, or Microsoft, which are feel like they're competing in this kind of like escalation of the norm to, you know, look better, run faster, make the games more exciting. But Nintendo's One of my favorite quotes wild um, stuff. from YouTuber video game donkey, just like in the 2006, when it, um, he's talking about the history of video games. And when it gets to like 2006 era, it's like, F you guys, I'm doing weirdo shit now. <laughs> Can I swear? Yeah, we'll mark it as explicit. Uh, <laughs> okay, I won't I won't censor you. Okay. Um, but to go back to the blue ocean strategy, because it's not like this is things that people want or like will mm-hmm. eventually find out that they would want. Mm-hmm. Um so I would say like a gimmick would actually be like blue ocean strategy, you're making things that like nobody asked for. Yes. But maybe like people didn't like need or like think that they need it in the end overall. Got They'll, it. But the, it will get their foot in the door. It will pique their interest. Interesting. And, so so yeah, that's that's an interesting separation. If something's new and innovative, it doesn't make it a gimmick automatically as long as there's some actual like practical use for it or there's yeah. some, you know, it's it's meeting some need for people. That's so yeah. a, a gimmick is more quote unquote useless. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, um, I mean, like, I would say, like, just, like, stepping, uh, getting your foot in the door and, like, trying something out, um, is never, uh, useless, right. but, like, I mean, as time goes on, it could be more useless. Got it, got it. Um, yeah, I think just the, like, thing to keep it more, like, general and, like, you can, like, claim, like, something, like, you hate is, like, a gimmick while something you, like, actually love is a gimmick, mm-hmm. and them both being gimmicks is 
just that uh, it's not a necessity of the um, the medium anymore. So, like, I mean, with motion controls, it's not a necessity that every game uses motion controls. Okay. Got it. So, so you're saying that gimmicks are maybe useless is too strong of a term, but yeah, they uh, they're not like a hundred percent necessary. <laughs> Yeah, they don't uh, revolutionize the market uh, in any way. I would say. I mean, like, but like, they could be revolutionary, and um, they can also transcend. Um, I guess I um, I want to lead into that part trans, uh, when gimmicks transcend their initial status as a gimmick. Yeah. So yeah, something starts off that way, but then it becomes more like regular or accepted. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, do you remember the scene in Die Hard when he, um, when John McClane first enters the office building, the high tech office building? I don't remember that. Okay. Unfortunately. So uh, what happens in uh, the scene when he first goes to the like office for the Christmas party? Uh, he goes to the um, main uh, main plaza desk, and there's a directory, and like this, I forgot when Die Hard came out, like eighty nine or ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a touchscreen directory, and John McClane goes, cute toy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, you can see, like, yeah, like, he, like, in the minds of, like, people back then, like, it's a gimmick. We have, like, buttons and things like that. Why bother? But definitely back in the day, like, even, like, the DS era and early iPhone era, like, touchscreens were gimmicks. Yeah, that's so true people you know especially cell phones they're like almost strictly using the like the most uh uh popular cell phone like when it came out was the iphone and it was like so uh bizarre and like new that it only had one button yeah yeah you know um funny thing i was uh do you know when i got my first smartphone oh man i bet it's uh lot like 10 years after the the other people it was 2013 yeah yeah (laughs) i don't actually remember the year that i got mine but it was definitely like in college probably or before college even and um but like nowadays like you can't like imagine yourself without it like i do know like there's a whole brand of person that uh only carries the uh the like old flip phone they're like we, i don't want to be too attached to technology and now that's like the gimmick it's like turned on its head yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. oh my god i i was i was afraid i was gonna be that person and then i was like <laughs> you know what i need to know who starred in uh episode three of the mandalorian like right now yeah i need to I know mean, who that actor was there's so many like you can use it for maps like how without that i don't know how i would go anywhere that seems seems practical oh, um, but anyway my family was a gps family so that was my yes, but like then again strong. you are like you're literally just walking around new york right yeah <laughs> so, i mean hold uh, hold my garmin up to my ear but yeah that, so that's that's interesting that's a good example of something that started off as a gimmick but transcended quote unquote yeah do you are there other examples of that that come to mind or like things where that maybe haven't been as successful as touchscreens um i'm looking here um something that i'm kind of thinking about recently just because of um oh rumble um <laughs> again 
uh, going back to video games, just uh, the Rumble kind of has like just gotten more and more better. Um, yeah. But do you recall um, when they first introduced Rumble like into a controller? It was it was af- it was before my first video game experience, yeah. so I I don't recall the moment now. So um, there was this great um, commercial for Star Fox sixty four. So it was the Rumble Pack where they um, it was an add on to your controller. You just plugged it into the back of the N sixty four controller. Right. So um, yeah, it wasn't um included with the controllers, and then um. Like uh, PlayStation controller, uh, PlayStation One controllers, they eventually got the DualShock controller. Right, and this is just like basically Rumble is just like when your controller vibrates in your hand yeah. when you're like reacting to something. And you can think of it game. just like how your um, phone, like you have the feature to like when you're typing, it'll just give you a light rumble to indicate mm-hmm. that you're doing something properly. And like yeah, it becomes a second ses- uh, sense of like confirmation. Right. For a lot of things, like oh, I crashed into that wall in Star Fox. I feel it. Yeah. Or <laughs> I, um, the button didn't hit on my stupid smartphone touchscreen, so I know that I didn't actually type out the word. So yeah. it's like that's a split second, and it just becomes second nature. Totally, yeah. And it's totally valuable. But um, as the years go gone on, um, the Xbox One had more um, specialized rumble, and then it, the Switch had HD rumble. Now, um, Sony has the DualSense 5 controller, which is an amazing controller. Um, <laughs> the, there's, the rumble is way more precise than that. Like, very, you can, like, I hear, like, I have not actually used one of these controllers. I have not actually seen a PS5 before, but I'm greatly aware, like, if you, um, there's, like, a game called Astrobot. Um, no, that's the VR game. Whatever, this game... Like, you control a little robot, and you, like, if you, like, walk on metal, you can feel it in the controller. Like, you can feel, like, what environment you're walking on. And, like, it's a life-changing experience, I hear. <laughs> it's really, it's more immersive. It's, like, yeah. it, it, it's a, a new way to express the art, right? Yeah. It's, like, so, you're not yeah. just playing with visuals, graphics anymore. You're playing with things as fine-tuned as, like, a subtle, like, one side of your hand feels the impact or something. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, with the dual sense, um, this is actually a new feature, but the contr- um, the triggers actually now have resistance in them, and that's the big new feature that like uh, nobody has done before. So that's in a way that's a gimmick, but people are. Um, it has all been like good things with those uh, the reactive triggers, um, and like it almost like seemed like it went from gimmick to like generally accepted like in the span of like the release of the console. Got it. So, so, uh, so it seems like, uh, things, you know, the word gimmick has a little bit of a negative connotation to it. Yeah. Do you feel like that's sort of, uh, how the words used or like how people kind of write off things that they're not comfortable with? Absolutely. That's the word you're going to see online when like, um, they want to dismiss something immediately, like just flat out. That's a gimmick, right? Like it's like it's gonna go away. It's like not not a real like valuable piece of something. It's like trying to just get you trick you into like thinking it's interesting. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing I want to talk about is like getting your foot in the door. 
um yeah, what do you it's mean like that? they like people when um say it's a gimmick they're gonna um it's all just for advertisement it, it's like it's mostly aimed at trying to get people to uh, talk about it and not yeah. like it's, it just generate some kind of yeah. marketing and there's definitely times where like people um say like it's a gimmick without even trying it themselves sure yeah but, yeah yeah i think sense. like um even the common consensus like they know that this is just advertising do you feel like the people who uh, who call things out as gimmicks is it coming from a place of like they feel really passionately about something and they like want to see certain things for I think a video it's game? because they don't like change. Okay, so you think it's yeah. because they they feel a little bit uh, uncomfortable when yeah when this exactly. Stuff happens. Um, so if on the other going hand, back you, to the you like change. It sounds like yeah. Um, going back to the Wii era, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of things. Like a lot of games that didn't use motion control and then they adapted to motion control and it ruined the experience. Got it. Um, even like simple things like in a, um, a Donkey Kong game, Donkey Kong Country Returns, um, there was a, the roll move, which was normally done by pushing a button, uh, you had to shake the controller. And there was some appeal to that, actually. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, if you're just doing it constantly in this game, that is actually really hard, and you kind of need split decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as precise. Yeah, it's just it kind of like bites in the, you in the butt. Right. So. Yeah, I feel like so, especially amongst video game uh, fans, the the people who are more likely to uh, point to something as a gimmick are the people who are a little more hardcore or yeah. a little more. Uh, they care about precision and that kind of thing. Yeah. And the people who maybe are a little bit less quick to call something a gimmick are probably a little more casual and willing to yeah. like try something new. Um, just generally speaking, do you think that resonates with you at all? Uh, yeah, I think, um, I definitely think that there's a, there's always a casual war, like <laughs> filthy casuals kind of thing like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, these like new gamers like that came with the Wii era. Like your parents were playing the Wii, I assume. Like everyone was obsessed with the Wii when it came out. Um, they're ruining their game with our casual cooties, kind of thing. Um, so, uh, while we're on the topic of motion controls, really quick, I want to bring up like where motion controls have evolved. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Um, back in the Wii era. Uh, there's a little game called No More Heroes. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I know. I know No More Heroes. I haven't yeah. played it, but I've heard of it. Okay. Um, so, uh, generally, like when you think of like a sword game on like the Wii, you're swinging the motion, the controller all the time. Right. But with No More Heroes, you only swing the sword to finish someone off. Got it. And um, I would say a lot of like. Th- the appeal of motion controls is like the visceral feeling of like, I swing a sword, I kill somebody. Like mm-hmm. I slice him down, the, like down the center and he splits in half. Um, Powerful. But they, yeah. In No More Heroes, they kind of, they isolated it just to that finishing move. Mm-hmm. So whenever you press A um, and you also move the controller up and down to like decide if you want a high swing or a low swing. Mm-hmm. But once you're ready to kill somebody, you swing. You get mm-hmm. that, and um, I think that uh, 
it's a gimmick. It honestly is a gimmick, but there the appeal is there. You don't need to like swing some down like cut someone in half for every kill. You can probably do that many of other ways. But mm. um there's artistic merit to it in the end. Got and it. like you're actually connecting with the visceral nature of the game. Like it's a No More Heroes is a very vulgar game. Mm-hmm. And um it's a very punk game. I and it's that in a, it's word in a gets way. rarely used for like describing video games, but it's extremely punk, and I love it. What are you gonna say? It sounds like it's in a way that uh, you you don't think like really detracts from the experience. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously it doesn't detract, but like if it were to require you to use this kind of gimmick control all the time, it would be a little bit distracting from some of the gameplay, maybe. Yeah. If if uh, like I remember back in the um, just like a few years ago, um, they released Twilight Princess uh, on the Wii when the Wii came out um, before Normal Heroes, and that one required like swinging. And um, by the end of it, you're just waggling the controller. You're just doing yeah. left and right to swing. Right. And that's not. There's no visceral nature to that. There's no appeal to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Let's go a few years later after that, um, 2015, on the Wii U, there was a little game called Splatoon. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Kevin uh, knows that Like, I am a huge Splatoon fan, but um, yeah. Uh, I've watched this game... Austin play this game competitively at a yeah. uh, in tournament. But uh, yes, um, Splatoon um, is a game that um, used the Wii U gamepad when it was um, this version was on, uh, the first game was on the Wii U and the Wii U gamepad has motion tilt in it and um, you basically could control the game like a dual stick uh, shooter like if you know if any if you played like a modern first person or third person shooter you um, left stick controls your movement like and then right controls like where you're looking but also you can um, tilt the controller to also affect where you're looking, and it's um, if motion controls are on, it's the only way you look up and down. Um, by default, motion controls are the only thing that's on. And like, I remember reading a Forbes article. It's like, hey, Splatoon is great, but um, if you don't turn off this one feature, it'll ruin your experience. And it was motion control. I'm like, this guy is literally going off of like like previous biases without even attempting it he's just doing what he heard or like his general feeling and this guy still writes his name is paul tassie he still writes for forbes this day and i will never forgive him for this (laughs) i kind of feel like if i ever meet him i'll call him out for it it's an anti-plug austin came on the podcast specifically to call out a forbes writer for uh condemning motion controls which, by the it way, was, if you've yeah. never used uh, the first time you try to do it, it is pretty like awful. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a little bit of a mental issue to it. Like sometimes you're like turning with the controller, but like you have the dual stick, um, like n- nature to it. You can just turn like you do normally in a game, and then um, then you start to learn that there's like fine. You're really only supposed to use it for fine tune uh, aiming. And it's just something I, like, I had the issue uh, back then. And it's just something I, like, had to, like, outgrow for, like, three hours of playtime, I would say, or four hours of playtime. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But imagine back in the day, um, like if we didn't move to like the dual stick, like um, move and um, look with the right stick, move with the left stick. Yeah. Um, we would like. There's like a golden age of like shooters that like started like that was popularized really with Halo, I would say, with the dual stick. Mm-hmm. Um, control setting. Like if we didn't go then, we would have that really awkward like doom golden eye turning where you like move you can move and you can turn but you can't do both at the same time you can't mm. strafe there's no strafing right so that's, um that's... really uh like you just had to get used to it like otherwise we would still be playing like golden eye in the end got it so so i guess uh we're we're uh gonna have to go to a break soon but to sum up a little bit of the first half the the message i'm getting is that you think that some people are too quick to call things gimmicks and uh, oh yes 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 I... g- giving them giving it a little bit more time will benefit you and uh yeah thinking of something new and un- discomfort uh, or uncomfortable yeah. is uh is good it's change yeah just uh <laughs> the internet is an inflammatory place so <laughs> Right. I gotta, I gotta speak up sometime. Like, have <laughs> yeah, somewhere to like outlet this rage, like of this like, <laughs> people that like. <laughs> now we're getting into the bottom of yeah, it, Austin. Like... This is this is the truth. <laughs> yeah, like there's just um, I feel like some people like don't even accept like motion controls as an option. They were like, "Don't you dare put um like all three um, consoles have motion or no, only two of the three controllers have motion control in it." And people are like saying, like, "Hey, Xbox, put do it so we would have parity with all the controllers." Then people would add it to more PlayStation games. Motion, like the motion aiming I was talking about for Splatoon, mm-hmm. only really exists on Switch. Even though like there are some games that are both on Switch and PS4, mm-hmm. and only the Switch version has the motion control. So like, there's there's really almost like a cooties to it. So yeah, it's that's why it's really starting to bug me in terms of motion control. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, yeah. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll talk more about uh, you know what 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 people what gimmicks people can yeah. uh, turn into uh, reality to their yes. <laughs> to their and, own. Oh life. yeah, I I think I have a good point um, to talk about uh, one of our uh, friend group's least favorite gimmicks. So <laughs> perfect. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, we are still here with Austin talking about gimmicks, talking about video games. Um, so during the break, you mentioned that you wanted to ask me some questions or you wanted to. Yes. Uh, um, or well, yeah. first off, I wanted to talk about our friend group's least favorite gimmick. Oh, yes. And exactly. I mean, centralized, like I get this consensus that our least favorite gimmick was 3D movies. Oh, I hate 3D movies. That's on my <laughs> no list. Everyone should have a no list, and that that's that's on my no list. Oh my god! It's because I'm wearing glasses. Yeah, I know. I I, like, yeah. that's a big deal. Oh my god! I'm gonna go back to the motion control discussion. Um, some problems <laughs> with motion controls is that um, like it's 
sometimes an ableist argument. Like, um, mm-hmm. they can't swing as well as um, other sure. people. Like, there's some people that couldn't play um, Super Mario Galaxy because of that. Yeah. Because it required yeah. waggle. Um, but yeah, y- with like, how difficult was for you to like watch a three D movie? Enjoy a three D movie. Yeah. It. I mean, I. So I think that it's it's difficult because of the glasses, but even aside from that, I found it like a little bit un it didn't add anything for me. If I, at at most it's subtractive. I can agree with that. Um do you have any like have you watched like a um like Avatar or um how to train your dragon oh, in 3d like the movies that like say like oh you re- like the flying sequence that makes it like that they're trying to sell the 3d ticket on. yeah i think i did watch avatar in 3d actually um but outside of that it's been a long time since i've i the other thing that i i've heard about 3d movies is that like helped prevent piracy it's like you have to go to a theater to see this Oh, yeah. Is the idea, I, at least. I, yeah, oh my god, it's a gimmick. It's exactly a gimmick, like, in that way, like, to get people in the door. Like, yeah. they can't get it at home, like, so they have to go to the theater. But now, like, oh my god, another gimmick. Um, The concept of the fancy theater. Like The, the fancy theater? Um, oh, oh yeah. Like, like, the, like an arc light? Yeah. yeah. Oh, rip, rest in peace, arc light. Yeah, I mean that. That I mean, theaters needed to evolve in some way, right? Yeah, I, I think there's there's got to be. I I get why they would need to charge more. I think streaming has really cut off movie yeah. like theaters at the knees. The internet. I mean, there's so. probably like a like a, a sixty minute discussion on the concept of like theaters in post COVID world. Yeah, but I mean, uh, do you think that do you think that uh, theaters trying to like you know change their like oh we added a bar and we added like like actual uh dinner for you do you think that's a gimmick or is it just them trying to like uh innovate like you know get people to to come and like stay relevant yeah it's it's weird because like it would basically be a gimmick that existed for years already there's always been the alamo theater yeah, I mean, uh, and also, like, I feel like the gimmick definition we provided in the beginning was kind of like it, it. It's a gimmick if it's not necessary, and maybe yeah. that stuff's not necessary. You're there to see a yeah. movie, but it's almost it's an evolution of just the ready the concept of the concession, which has right. always existed. Right, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, agreed. Everybody, not just uh, friends, I think hate uh, hate 3D movies. Yes, um, but if you didn't know that, like. Do you remember how um, one of the TVs in my living room when you came to visit was a 3D TV? I do remember that. Yeah. Did we, we played, watch anything on 3D? We played Mortal Kombat <laughs> oh my. on 3D. Like the, Shout outs. The 2011 version of Mortal Kombat Man, had a 3D yeah. mode. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was a wild ride. That's, yeah. That seems like such a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so I'm curious. Did you did you have questions for me about things that I, about gimmicks? Yeah. Um. Uh, one of them is like, this is absolutely advertising, but like, um, and stepping, getting your foot in the door. Um, but temporary fast food items. What does that even mean? Okay. 
all fast food is temporary when I eat it. Oh my god. Okay. Uh <laughs> like if you go to like a Wendy's, you'll see like, oh, we have a jalapeno bacon oh, blue burger. Oh, the McRib, yeah, okay. I got you. <laughs> uh do I think that's a gimmick or not? Yeah. Um man, okay, the the world of fast food like fast casual dining uh innovation is a really bizarre and like interesting one i i would never go out of my way to get something delicious the one time that or not something delicious but like something new the one time that i kind of fell for that was the popeye's chicken sandwich i was like oh everybody's talking about this chicken sandwich it must be really good and i like got it and i ate it and i was like what like it's just a chicken sandwich like why okay we're gonna have a disagreement here (laughs) (laughs) it's just a sin like you could go you could get a chicken sandwich that was similar to that at like a Safeway. I don't it's know. It's higher. It's definitely like they use a whole chicken breast. Probably. The sauce is pretty good. Uh, bait, yeah. The buttered bun, pickle, like just every, it's just really solid. And it's the, um, I don't know if like every viewer is going to understand this, but it's the in and out argument. Just like people come to like California and say like, in it, oh, that burger was fine. In and out was overrated. But they don't get why, like, the actual praise. And, and it's actually just, like, a quality price um, yeah. and convenience ratio. Like, Definitely. This ratio is amazing. And it, it only really has more value if you live here, honestly. Going in and out is just fun and delicious. And it's like, oh, that was a good meal at yeah. most. It's not going to change your life. In and out is uh, is not a gimmick. In and out's an institution. Yeah, and, it I, is. It's, and I believe fully in in the burgers that they're uh, serving. At I'm the glad you use that word institution. Charging. I think that's like that's like that's almost like the portal opposite of um yeah. polar opposite of a gimmick. If if anything, I feel like In and Out has has stuck so closely to what they do that they've almost like been too like afraid of doing anything with the gimmick they've never offered anything promotional their gimmick is like there's a secret menu but like that that's been around for years and years yeah it feels feels like they're the most consistent of uh compared to a lot of the uh whatever like mcrib yeah blue blue cheeseburger whatever um so this i this is a very similar to the the game that i have prepared for you but before we get to that uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk, touch on uh, related to gimmicks? Yeah, um, I feel like you'll be more familiar with this. Uh, vinyl Records Easter eggs. <laughs> this is basically my exact game, but you're playing it for me. Do I think that Vinyl Records Easter eggs are a gimmick? I, I kind of don't because it's just a way, like, you know, well, this actually is interesting. My, so at the end of every episode of my podcast, I, I say a little secret about myself in a section I call Nobody Asked. <laughs> if you've never listened to the end, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But the goal there was to get people to listen to all the way through the the, yeah. like, the outro. So oh. <laughs> it, serves a, it serves a purpose, so I don't think it's a gimmick. Yeah. I actually had um, another thing I actually had on my list is fun podcast segments. <laughs> Are those okay, gimmicks? Yeah. This is uh, maybe a little bit. I will say that the uh, the formula, if you're if you've listened to every episode every week, like if you're my parents, then uh, the formula for this show may start to feel a little stale. And trust me, that I'm I'm looking for ways to innovate. But uh, yeah, I I I do those because I think it's fun for the guests. Because I I put so much 
you know, of the work on the guests to like basically just talk about and like bring the actual subject. Yeah. So I want to like give them something in return. And I feel like the game, hopefully the listeners enjoy it, but it's also like, I want to do something fun for them. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my motivation. Like I, I would, um, I don't think this would be a good podcast. that wasn't like a give and take kind of thing. I, you definitely have that. Uh, applause to you, Kevin. You definitely have that, uh, like, bouncing off um, style. Oh, th- thank yes. you. <laughs> uh, channeling that bouncing off yeah. style yeah. Uh, now into the future. So, for our final segment, what I've done is compiled a list in a game that I would like to call Gimmick or Legitimate. <laughs> Uh, okay. vague rhyme <laughs> it works so the goal here is for i'm gonna say something or give you a list of things and you have to tell me whether they're a gimmick or if it's like here to stay and it's like providing value that kind yeah. of thing all right here we go the first one is food trucks gimmick or legitimate legitimate there's always gonna be a need to like um diversify your locations diversify your audience for food for your business and okay. um there's definitely absolute value for that well counterpoint there there are food trucks that pretty much only serve food in one location yeah i've been to i've been to oregon in portland <laughs> portland oregon um i guess i guess the question here i i think i like food trucks a lot but the question here is is it a gimmick, like, to be- assume that if it's made out of a truck, that it's going to be, like, special or better? <laughs> that, you know what? Um, it's it's automatically associated with the hole-in-the-wall concept. Like, <laughs> if a hole-in-the-wall doesn't survive, it's not good. Right, right, right. But if it does, like, this place is so, like, crappy on the outside, it must be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> wow. Um, Okay, not maybe not a gimmick is the uh, legitimate yeah. is the uh, yeah. is the answer. All right, number two, we're, I'm gonna skip because it's 3D movies. And we've already <laughs> talked about it. You 360 yeah. no scoped 3D yeah. movies from my list. Uh, okay, this next one requires a little a con- uh, <laughs> little bit of context for the listener, but I know that you will understand. Yeah. Uh, Hungry Box. So before you answer, Hungry Box is a Super Smash Brothers Melee player used to be number one in the world uh known for playing a character that people really don't like uh and also known for getting really really excited when uh he wins <laughs> so so do you think that the emotions that he's expressing when he's like rolling on the floor yelling are those legitimate or is that a gimmick so are you just ta- are we just isolating it to his emotions you can say you can say talk about any aspect. Oh, okay, so Hungry Box is absolutely than I do. like he's the epitome of blue ocean strategy. Nobody <laughs> was um, taking like consideration of like a wall of pain kind of character. They didn't like people like Smash Brothers played this way, and it could only be played this way. But it's natural for games and esports to like carve a new path, make a new strategy that nobody thinks of, and it's like. That's just the, the essence of sports in general, of competition in general. Like yeah. you got to try to find a, another way to win. Um, 
I don't really have that much of an opinion on his emotion, but like a lot of it, I've seen, I've heard his life story. Um, yeah. It's a little, it's some of it's a little bit rough. And I like, he definitely had a father that like was shitty and um, that said things like, you'll never amount to something and things like that. And yeah. his victory, like his progress in the world of Smash, like, is a counterpoint to that and i think there's a lot of actual emotion to it like yeah and, and i and a pop-up pop-ups excuse me a pop-off is always fun to watch <laughs> um a lot of people um uh, don't really realize this in um when looking outside in to the fighting game community the fgc but like mm-hmm. the idea of a villain or a heel is like a wrestling heel. It's like they're playing right. up for the emotion, getting the booze. That means people actually care about your like esport, yeah. which is great. Yeah, yeah. Hungry Box definitely a, a heel, like villain character in the yeah. past. Um, yeah, I I I agree with you. That's a great point about sort of. I I think his emotion is real. Yeah. I I think that there's uh, certain a level of it that is performative uh now that we're remote but but when he's like actually uh you know in a high pressure situation in a tournament or something i think it's real yeah you know maybe less of a gimmick all right next one squatty potty legitimate (laughs) or gimmick oh my god um my sister has one or like everyone's got one but we haven't like okay so uh recently my sister and her husband moved in because she's redoing her house so there's a lot of like new things like i'm experiencing for the first time in our house and uh (laughs) but the squatty potty um we have the thing but i have not dared to use it yet but i've been aware of the of the mechanics (laughs) wait i have used it once i've used it once actually that must say a lot because it didn't have an impact on me. Got it. Uh, or it didn't <laughs> so have maybe a requirement. It's a bit of a gimmick. But it's. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is tough. Because um, <laughs> it's, I feel like it took the world by storm. I mean, everyone wants to, you know, have an easier time. Yeah. And so, and, and like, you know whatever that seems like such a, a natural it's almost like the way they advertise it's like this is how like, cavemen this is how our bodies are meant yeah. to do it but i don't know if that's true i mean okay so like also going to toilet stuff the bidet okay, but well, like it's all are sick yeah but i don't, <laughs> I don't think uh, that's we have one in my house i don't use it it's just one way to, it's just another solution to your thing to your uh to cleaning. I, I don't think the I don't think the bidet. Okay, okay, yeah, sure, but not. It's not. It doesn't solve the same problem as the squatty potty, unless you're using the squatty potty wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's not like options. Like, it's you use the squatty potty or you don't. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeez. Uh, venture to. I would guess that most people who have, who own a squatty potty uh, don't use it. You can email me at unlessyoupod at gmail dot com if you use the squatty potty more times than you don't but i don't i feel like most people don't you know i'm gonna have to like put it in like gimmick but that doesn't make it wrong it doesn't make it wrong that's yeah it doesn't make it it's not like your your choices to have a better time in the restroom 
Mm-hmm. Like if it our, works for you, then yeah. that's all that matters. Don't listen to us. Absolutely. We both do think it's a gimmick. Um, okay, this is the last one. Are you ready? Yeah. Wearing a scarf to high school every day when you live in California. <laughs> Those mornings were cold. <laughs> um. Gimmick or legitimate? <laughs> um. Uh, this is a loaded question for Austin, yeah. uh, as you may have guessed, listeners. You guys can probably put the pieces together. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, um, this is a stump. I think, okay, so... Wearing it all day was a gimmick. <laughs> you heard it here first. This isn't unless you ask exclusive <laughs> okay. expose. Hashtag expose midi. <laughs> no, hashtag okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I that was that took a lot of uh, uh, strength to admit. Well, so I I mean, what I have to like add on to that is just like, like maybe if I, it just didn't fit my lifestyle to take it off and like maybe put it in my locker because I don't remember to go to my locker every day. I was pretty mm-hmm. shitty on that front. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a room in my bag. Because it was full of my books, I didn't go to my locker to. Like I, yeah. I can recall like my behaviors and why I didn't like take off my scarf in the cold morning kind of thing, and why you know also I used to like there was probably like a period where I also would wear shorts, mm-hmm. even though it's like cold. Like I just abide to like I only want to experience like warmth this day, or only want to ex- like I want to be able to like be free fall flowing the entire day <laughs> and um there was no such thing as like change or taking off your jacket or anything like that yeah it's a perpetual yeah. problem <laughs> yeah, well that thank you for that insight i think uh, everybody who went to high school with you probably learned something yeah well thank um, you and i hope they're listening yes yeah, so, <laughs> we'll, we'll see uh, they, they probably stopped listening after i talked about splatoon <laughs> this bullshit again <laughs> uh um well austin this is the end of the show do you before we part ways do you have anything you'd like to promote okay um i mentioned i was a game dev so i have a couple of um projects um you can see them all on us a dot um a crackmire dot pb dot or ph dot design (laughs) no it was pb dot design shoot a crackmire dot pd dot design Okay, I'll leave and, a link in the description. Yeah, and um, some of those, like, if you're a fan of uh, tactical shooters, there's a game called XCOM, and I made a mod for it. And it's um, it's all, like, cosmetic stuff, but it's cool if you really like role-playing for, like, in games. Um, also, I made a Jeopardy app. If you like to host your own Jeopardy games, full 61-question games of Jeopardy, uh, that is available. And it's a great time. Right, yes. Kevin? Austin has uh, test, tested his Jeopardy app on us. I think the... Well, the, the first time difficult... was for you guys. Yes, exactly. The most yeah. difficult part was the buzzer, which I is not part of Austin's app. So. Yeah, I, I can't... I don't know how to do internet programming. Like, real, real-time stuff. buzzer stuff. Yeah, but yes, right. if you... I, I feel like, you know, happy hours at work, random at-home stuff is... A lot of people are thinking about maybe how I could incorporate a game. Jeopardy 
via Austin's app is a great option. I yes. will recommend it. It's it's a little hardcore. It is 61 questions. You have to think of 61 questions. You could just go to jarchive.com, steal all the questions from a previous Jeopardy show. If you want to just play straight up Jeopardy. Yeah, you um, could Alex yeah, Trebek, you, your, yeah, your friend. You have to be a host, by the way. There's no. It, this is not like an automated like Jeopardy thing. Yeah. You're hosting your own show, Jeopardy, and you're reading the questions and you're taking them in. Kind of For thing. all those people out there that want to kick their, their next party up a notch, host yeah. 61 questions of Jeopardy. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, Austin, yeah. it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's uh, been great. I have so much fun. So much a great time. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, uh, we will talk together, talk to you soon. Thank you very much for listening to Unless You Ask, and thank you to my guest, Austin, for joining me on the show. Unless You Ask is produced by Bread People Productions. You can see everything that Bread People are working on over at breadpeopleproductions.com. If you would like to appear as a guest on Unless You Ask, please email me at unlessyapod at gmail.com. That's unlessyapod at gmail.com. This week, my nobody asked is that I just bought new towels after using the same towels for at least like five years. Please DM me how often you replace your towels. <laughs>